Welcome to the Learn Feng Shui podcast. Today I present the first of my summer series of interviews, welcoming Jillian Rothschild Scholar from Feng Shui in Motion talking about geopathic stress. Hey guys, today I want to welcome Jillian Rothschild Scholar back. Today we're going to focus on geopathic stress. I'm so excited to address this topic. How are you today, Jillian? I'm great. Thanks for having me back. It's wonderful to talk with you again. Yes, I'm, I'm glad to talk about this and kind of dive a little bit deeper into the subject sure. of geopathic stress. Um, before we do that, could you tell a little bit about your background with feng shui and your focus within feng shui? Sure. So for those who don't know me, my name is Jillian and I am the owner and consultant at Feng Shui in Motion. I help ambitious people who feel like there's something a bit off in their life and they're looking for someone that they can trust to get clarity so they can feel empowered to confidently move forward. And the way that I work in my business is I use a number of resources under the umbrella of Chinese metaphysics. I work with feng shui and Chinese astrology and a variety of different divination methods. So if you feel like there's a question on your heart or on your mind that you're unsure of, or if you're having some kind of doubt, we can certainly use those resources to get clarity and put them together to almost like some pieces of a puzzle. We can put them together so we can start to see a clearer picture and then you can make confident, informed decisions about which direction you want to go. Awesome. And within that, your specialty of feng shui, I know one of the things that fascinates me the most is your work with geopathic stress. Um, tell us a little bit, like, how did you get started in looking um, specifically into geopathic stress? So actually I moved into the current home that I live in. And when, when we bought it, we decided to gut it and renovate it, which is not up there with the smart decisions I've ever made in my life, because I also made that decision with uh, less information than I know now, right? Like I didn't know when I was, what I was doing at the time. I, it was a bad timing. It was bad, bad location. I mean, for feng shui, it was a terrible location. What we were renovating, it was so bad and it kicked up all kinds of negative stuff. Um, and as a result, I started looking for help because I was sort of in this terrible spiral of legal issue, legal issues with the contractor. And I, we couldn't get out from underneath. We couldn't get the house finished. It was just so terrible. And it went on for ever and ever and ever. So I, I started looking for help, right? We've, I, I know what it feels like to be in a crappy situation and you can't get out of it. And you just feel like you're digging and digging and digging and you have to stop digging at some point. And so I started looking for other resources and other people around me who could give me assistance. Um, and in that process, I got connected to the idea of geopathic stress, which I had been introduced to in my original feng shui training, but just it wasn't in my field of vision. It wasn't something that I could even pick up on as something that needed to be addressed. And um, so I got some help and I started doing some research and I started using some of the other resources that I have to assess whether or not it was something that was part of the puzzle. And it was, it was a pretty significant part of the puzzle. Um, and so once I started identifying that as a, a problem, then I could address it and I could fix it. The, we kind of know this in life that um, like attracts like. So all this negative energy that was hanging out at my house, so came all these crazy contractors and people that were just attracted to all this negative energy. But as soon as I cleared it, those people did not come back. It was in trying to fix her own issues with her own home that Jillian discovered the idea of geopathic stress and how it affects us. 
in the in that process of fixing my own problem, right? This is a lot of how feng shui practitioners get into this stuff is because we have our own problems and we look for ways to fix it. So I'm learning about earth acupuncture. I'm learning about geopathic stress. I'm learning about how we as humans living on the planet traumatize the earth that we're living on and how we interact with it and, and the ways that it supports us or does not support us based on how misaligned we are with, with the frequency that is supportive or not supportive with us. It was in this discovery that led Jillian to consult some of the classical feng shui texts. She discovered that our ancient ancestors used to take into consideration a holistic view of feng shui. So they would also look at how our environment impacted our health and our bodies. Um, and it was a beautiful learning to dig a little bit deeper into some of the classic perspectives on feng shui to learn that Chinese medicine doctor is going to look at all of the things that are involved in your healing, including your home. So they're not just going to provi provide herbs and provide acupuncture and and exercise. They're going to come back in the day, ancient times are coming to your home to see, is there something in your physical environment that is not supporting you? That's creating your illness and continuing to keep you sick. Maybe you're living on the wrong side of the mountain. Maybe it's too drafty or too wet, or there's, there's something else happening. And that something else that's happening can be an imbalance of frequency energy underneath the ground that we're living on. And as the old saying goes, timing is everything. And that goes for feng shui also. So one of the things we need to consider when we do our feng shui activations and we set our feng shui is timing. I just learned through that process that timing is a significant part of the, the puzzle, that looking at yeah. the feng shui placement of annual and monthly energies is important and making a distinct plan about how to avoid negative stuff can, can be hugely helpful. Just avoiding negative stuff can be hugely helpful. Yeah, That's one piece of it. And acknowledging that there's still the earth that we're, we're building on or we're constructing over. And there's things happening deep underneath the ground that we need to be aware of because it affects us. Yes. So talking about, you know, underneath the ground and stuff, tell us a little bit about what geopathic stress is and what causes it. Without going into a very technical definition, essentially deep, deep, deep underneath the ground, there are rivers and streams of water which we would never know, we would never see. And it's literally moving water underneath the ground. And it does produce a frequency of movement that shakes, for lack of a better term, it shakes and vibrates all the way up to where we live on top of it. And depending on how those waterways are flowing, it can bring up all kinds of things, not only a negative energy vibration, but it can also bring up things like radon. I'm from Ohio and when you buy, I'm, we lived in Pennsylvania. And the first thing that you did was you got a radon test, because if you had a basement, you need to see what's coming up underneath the ground. And that's a really very tangible, concrete example that we can understand of how the earth brings things up that are not beneficial for us. Let's talk about how you, how you're able to uh, find it. I think, what are your steps when you are trying to see if somebody has geopathic stress within their home? The first thing I'm going to do is talk to my clients because 
almost always they're going to report a long list of things that don't seem right. They're unhealthy. They have an issue that they can't fix. Some There's a, a behavior issue in the home where the child is not behaving, not sleeping, um, either in their own bed or not sleeping through the night or something else is going on. The second thing that I will do is, well, just from experience, I'm usually getting a pretty good intuition hit. I'm not psychic, but I have a strong intuition. So I'm usually getting an intuition hit, but that's something that needs to be looked at. And when I'm on site, I can douse using um, either a pendulum or I use dowsing rods um, because that's the tool that works for me um, to douse for issues. It can be done remotely, although I really like doing it on site because it's easy to pinpoint when we're on site. Um, and if I can't be on site, sometimes I can use a divination chart. Like uh, one of the charts that I use is Chimendunja, which is very accurate for this kind of issue. Um, also, you can use the I Ching. If you know how to use the I Ching, um, you can set up a structure for how to read an I Ching divination and identify pretty easily what's going on in the property as well. Um, and then I check it, right? So from the, that analysis, I'm going to make a recommendation of how to fix it. Um, and then, then we test it. For lack of a better term, I think that sometimes people feel like, oh, with feng shui or any type of um, healing modality, that, it, that there must be a guaranteed result. And actually, that's not really accurate. It's almost more fun to just test it and see what happens. You're not going to break anything, but you are in a process of healing. You're not going to break anything. Nothing worse is going to happen. It's not like it's going to get worse before it gets better. If it's going to heal, it's going to heal. So let's test it and see how it goes. And I found a few things that work really well um, in, in this testing process. Um, earth acupuncture is one remedy that is really lovely because it's essentially like acupuncture for the ground. Because when we go to an acupuncturist for our bodies, we're looking for lines and meridians where there are things that are blocked in our body that are preventing healing or causing disruption in, a, in energy alignment. Same thing is true with the earth. So when we can identify where there's a blockage or a negative stream of energy, when we can puncture for lack of a better term or dig into the earth um, or change the vibration in some way in the ground, it can open up that channel, creating a, a free flow of energy. So earth acupuncture wonderful. There's many different methods that Jillian likes to use to clear geopathic stress. She really likes to give her clients a hands-on approach. I, I once gave such my client, I was like, here, see this tree, dig this tree up and put it somewhere else in your yard. And we found another place to put the tree and that just digging the tree out addressed because we were digging in the right place and, and puncturing the earth. Um, and that same client also had like a dead bush in the line of, it was like dead foliage in, in the line of stream. I was like, let's dig up this dead foliage and let's replace it with something else. And I gave her some options of things that she could do. And she was really interested in essential oils. And I was like, pick your favorite essential oil that has a really you know loving vibration and let's put some essential oil in the ground and change the vibration that's going on here. She had great results with that. And so it's empowering for clients because it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to do it. <laughs> you can do it. You can go dig up this bush. You can go, um, you can, you know, stake the ground or put a pole in the ground, you know, wherever it's identified that it needs to be done. You can do this. And we can also use technology. I, um, I've, I've discovered a, a wonderful, easy 
technological remedy for geopathic stress. And it also helps with things like Wi-Fi and 5G and 4G that are also impacting our environments as well. Like with any feng shui practice, clearing geopathic stress can take more than one session and it can require more than one treatment or method. It's not a one and done situation because the earth is moving all the time. So it could be that you have some success and you need to work at it again. You have some success and you need to work at it again and that's okay. But once you have a solution that works, you can stick with it. It's a little bit like taking medicine. When your doctor says, take your medicine and you'll feel better. You don't just go, okay, I'm going to stop taking my medicine. No, you're going to keep taking it because it's good for you to maintain a good vibration. Yes, I agree. Um, I really like that analogy because, you know, if we think of the way our body works, just like you said, you know, we're not, you know, it's not magic, you know, even after a surgery, even if it fix, fixes what's wrong, you still have to heal from the surgery or from your illness yeah. or whatever, you know? And so, yeah, that's, that's definitely a process. So I really like the way, um, you know, you, you make that analogy with the home also, I've never thought about it that way, but that's really true <laughs> that sometimes it's not just, you know, it's not automatic, but, um, sometimes it does. It's almost like the house has to go through a healing. That's really interesting. Never Not only does the house have to go through a healing, but you're going, you as a human are going to resonate from what's going on in your environment and you need some transition time too. So you start as a caterpillar, you go through this transition, you're going to go through a molting. You don't know what's going to be on the other side and there will be transformation on the other side. And, and it's okay to let that happen. And there is, and I acknowledge that there's a lot of emotions that go, I mean, I work pretty deeply with my clients. So I acknowledge that there's a lot of emotions that go along with this kind of process because there's a trust that needs to happen. There's a staying present that needs to happen. There is the uncomfortability of the transformation. Hey, I'm asking you to, to make a change and that may be inconvenient and uncomfortable and acknowledging that is important too. Yeah, that's, that's true. And then we are connected to our houses too. And just like you mentioned earlier, um, you know, this, this house has this negative energy. And so it's just bringing this negativity into your life, you know? And so I think people don't realize that our house can, it really does connect. And it also mirrors what we're going through in our experiences and the houses we buy, sure. the places we live, you know, yes. everything reflects what we're, you know, what's in our Bata chart and what we're going yes. through. It's really interesting. <laughs> it's really so interesting when we see a Bata chart and we can see that there is a significant element that's out of balance. And then you look at the house and you can see that the house has the same imbalance because people are attracted to what's comfortable because it's, that's what they do. And our job as practitioners is to help bring about recommendations so that people can have greater harmony and balance. And that, that feeling where something is off can be restored to something where people feel confident and feel healthy and feel um, good about being able to move forward. Looking at like the, I want to talk about also the Wi-Fi um, and some of those considerations that, um, you know, I don't, you know, you've mentioned before that wasn't something we had to consider when feng shui was first kind of, you know, not really invented, but kind of started putting, you know, put in a practice. We didn't have to think about electronics and Wi-Fi and 5G and all that stuff. How has that impacted? You think does that also is that part of geopathic stress, or is that just another kind of factor or consideration? I think the short answer is that it's a mm -hmm. different factor mm -hmm. in consideration. I don't actually put it under the umbrella of geopathic stress because it's. That's man-made, right? It's gotcha. on top of the earth. It's not necessarily underneath the ground. 
-hmm. but it's a huge component of my practice because a lot of the people that I work with are energy sensitive in one way or another. And it could be because they're energy sensitive because they're, they're sitting for lack of a term or, or their home is residing on, on top of some kind of geopathic stress line that makes them energy sensitive, or they're just naturally energy sensitive. I have a lot of clients that are highly intuitive that have like special superpowers and they, they're, they're like, I don't know what's happening. Um, and so it is important for us to consider all of the things that we make in our humanity that contribute to our environment, the technology, the electronics, and how it affects our body. This is all well-documented. This is not like, we've been doing this for dozens of years now. Like the electric electricity isn't brand new. It's very young in, consider in comparison to the thousands of years that we have documentation of feng shui. But when we look at classic texts with feng shui, we're talking about analysis of the environment that was pristine. There was no such thing as electronics and electricity back then. They didn't even have indoor plumbing. Like the concepts of where do you put your toilet in your house was not considered in classic test because it wasn't part of how people were living at the time. So we have new evolving considerations in modern application of feng shui. I forget the fact that we all have Wi-Fi in our homes. We're using multiple devices. We're on computers. Our phones are in our hands almost all day long. Um, we use smart devices, well, we, some people, I don't, <laughs> some people use smart devices um, for everything that to make, because it's convenient, right? Somebody who's very smart made this amazing device and it's very convenient, but it may not be healthy for us. Smart meters are pulling extra electricity um, that we don't need and it's causing what's called dirty electricity and it we are at the effect of it. Our bodies are resilient and durable, but sometimes only to a point. And we do have to pay attention to all of the things, the cumulative effect of all the things that we are experiencing because they impact our health and well-being. And just like she discovered the effects of geopathic stress firsthand, Jillian also discovered how sensitive people can be to EMFs, but also discovering this from her own experience. So my first experience with this was I went to Las Vegas to go to a important training years ago. This happened to me years ago. And we were staying in a, like a condo type facility off the strip. So it wasn't on the strip and they assigned us a room and I went to my training and I was excited. Everything was great, except for, I didn't sleep for three days. I, when I came back to the room, I literally on the third, on the fourth day, after I hadn't slept for three days, I went to the front desk and I was crying. I was like, I can't sleep. I don't know what's going on. Please give me another room. So actually after that little crying episode, I, this makes me sound like I'm a very weepy person, but after three days of not sleeping, you do sort of get a little emotional. Oh, no. um, so I went outside the pool and I went to look around. I don't know what possessed me to do it, right? Like I just was following my intuition because I just thought, oh, I just need some fresh air. And lo and behold, I look across the pool and there is a, a electric terminal, like an acre of electric terminal. And directly in line with my room is the, the top of the tower of, you know, the series of this, this massive terminal. I was like, oh, well, this is why I can't sleep because that particular terminal was sending a line of geopathic stress and like direct negative electricity into my space and I couldn't sleep. Um, and I'm never staying in that property again. I'm sure that the, the nice manager was really lovely and did give me another room, but I didn't sleep for three days. And that was my first exposure to, oh my gosh, people who live near high powered lines or 
transformers or significant 5G towers. I can't even imagine how they do that on a regular basis because I three days I was done for. Yeah. Um, so one of the things, of course, you learn with feng shui is that with certain, you know, the yearly, like your home could be fine for a long time, but when you live in close proximity to those power lines and those transformers and all that stuff, you get a bad star that comes in that year and and they behave badly. You can have right? some so, bad things going on. Yeah. That's yeah. part of what makes geopathic stress really interesting is because even if a star would normally behave okay, because we do have, we as feng shui practitioners understand that there are stars that are considered quote good, but they also have negative behaviors that they can exhibit if they are not treated well. And if they're feeling uncomfortable because of geopathic stress or other outside um, negative energy components, then they're going to behave badly no matter how good we think our feng shui is. Yeah. Is there like a go-to or something you recommend people do within their homes to kind of help clear some of that away? Recently, I'm, I'm recommending to almost all of my clients to install a EMF neutralizer because that can help us identify whether or not it's really an EMF and an electrical thing. Um, and the device that I recommend is also works really well with geopathic stress. So it's, it's like, sometimes I can kill multiple birds with one stone. Um, and it feels a little less intangible because it's something that it's a piece of technology and you plug it into the wall and it actually has an inversion process and it changes the electrical field. And there's things that happen from a scientific perspective. Um, and you know, it's working because there's a little light on the device and if it's working the light goes on. Um, and for those of us that are into technology, we go, okay, it's working. And then over time we can start to feel the effect of it actually working. Sometimes having a fresh pair of eyes helps. According to Jillian, sometimes just taking a look around, you're able to visually identify things within your environment that may be a sign of geopathic stress. The second thing that I really encourage people to do is pay attention to their environment because we walk around very desensitized and not really paying attention to what's going on. If you live in a single family home and you have your own yard, look around to see if there's a dead tree, look around to see if there's a dead bush, Look to see if it's because there's a line of energy where the cars come around the corner and the energy continues to flow and that bush is dead. And maybe that's causing some geopathic stress underneath. Um, look to see, uh, that can help actually quite a bit. If you aren't somebody who douses, just paying attention. Like one time I went to a lady's house and she showed me her backyard and in the backyard, and it had a pretty significant wall. So I actually couldn't see the neighbor. I couldn't see the neighbor's property behind her, but she had like a series of dead plants, like in a line. And then she had a pool and there was a crack in the pool. And then she like had her living room was in line with the crack with all the dead plants. And I was like, what's going on here? And she was like, oh, I never really noticed that. And so we had a long conversation about it because she just wasn't paying attention. And I said, do you, do you know what's happening with your neighbor behind you? And so we like got a ladder and we looked over the wall and there's like more dead plants on the other side of the wall. And like a whole patch of dead grass that because the geopathic stress was so bad. And so it's just a matter of sometimes paying attention. Sometimes you can feel it. I mean, those people mm, who are mm -hmm. energy sensitive and have a little bit of intuition, sometimes you can walk a property and you can just, it doesn't feel right. And that's harder for those of us who are not so grounded, um, but it is a method where people can feel it. 
Yeah, that's interesting. That that I think that's another thing I tell people. Um, that's one of the biggest things I've I've tell people because they'll ask me like what I do, and I tell them I do feng shui. And of course, you know, a lot of people they don't they don't know what it is, and so that gives me opportunity right. to explain to them, you know. And one of the things or one of the ways I explain to them is that I tell them, you know, have um, think of how you feel in your house. You know, right? You feel a certain way in your house. Oh well, you know. Think of how you feel when you move the furniture. Does it feel different? You know, think of how you feel when you go to your Anna's house and, you know, she hasn't, you know, thrown anything away for 20 years. You know, how does that feel? And so I always tell people that. But I think that's one bit, one of the biggest things is to use our senses, to use our senses and think of that, right. the, the feeling, you know, we always get a feeling sure. when we go to a space, you know, um, a restaurant, anything. We have that feel, you know, there's a feeling to it. And so I love I think, that you brought up clutter. I just want mm -hmm. to touch on this for one second because <laughs> yes. this is also another sign of something going on in the property because if there's trash on the exterior of the property, there could be a line of energy going into your property and maybe you have a clutter corner or a room where you just dump stuff or um, a space that, like a part of the garage where like half the garage is pristine and the other half of the garage is just full of an accumulation of whatever it is that you are accumulating. And that happens. And it could be that there's a line of geopathic stress there that is keeping the accumulation happening and keeping you from wanting or having the energy to address it. I think a lot of people, they think of feng shui and they just think of the inside of their house. And I think right. that's, I always try to tell people like start on the outside of your home and look around and you know, clean up trash and dig out the dead plants and you trash. Know, okay. That. So yeah. that's a sign of geopathic stress. One time I went to a lady's property here in Arizona with a, actually a fellow practitioner of mine. She was lovely. And we walked around the property together and there was like a little pile of trash. And I was like, Hey, there's trash here because negative energy will accumulate. And like that treat, the vegetation was dead and the owner wasn't quite bought into the idea, but I, you know, we did, we did douse it together, the two, two of us, and you could see very clearly that it was a geopathic stress line. So dead vegetation, um, dead animals, um, trash, the earth could actually be broken. You could see cracks in the earth or things, the earth could actually be shifted because um, there's an imbalance. So those are just a few things that you can pay attention to. I really thought this was an important topic to discuss. A lot of times, you know, we might do our feng shui and maybe we feel like it wasn't impactful or maybe something else is there. Maybe there's an underlying issue. And I really wanted to bring it to people's attention that just like Jillian mentioned, feng shui is meant for an environment that is clean and pristine. And we don't have that nowadays with our electronics, our Wi-Fi, and all these EMFs going on around us. Not to mention there could be underlying things under the earth like geopathic stress. If you feel like you need to contact Jillian and you wanna have her check for that geopathic stress, make sure you follow the links in the show notes below. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jillian, so much for, for joining me today. I really appreciated our conversation. It was great. I love talking with you about feng shui and I'm happy to do it again. Yes. Awesome. Thank you.